0: Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Nate. This is the Nate Show podcast. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. Be sure to follow along on social media, at the Nate Show on Facebook and at That's Nate Cox on Instagram. You can also ask Alexa or Siri to play the Nate Show podcast, and she'll start playing it. How about that? So thank you for tuning in. Let's get to it. There's one way out, one way in, back to the beginning. You know, I thought about doing the Nintendo thing, which would have been just taking a bunch of time off, not doing anything new with the podcast, and then just re-releasing an old episode, which I've done in the past. I was like, that would be a very Nintendo way to do things. I'll get on Nintendo towards the end of the episode. I don't want to get on them just yet. But hello, welcome to the Nate Show podcast. If you haven't been here before, welcome if you have Sorry for making you wait so long. Uh, That intro that you heard at the beginning was, that's the last time that you're going to hear that specific intro. The music will probably stay the same, but as far as the information at the beginning, that 30-second intro, it's going to change a little bit. Uh, I want to try to make it a bit more, uh, just kind of behind the curtain here, want to kind of make it a bit more splashy and more fun or whatever. It's just kind of boring. And someone pointed out to me, I'd never really been called on it before, (laughs) Um that they said, you know, Nate, it sounds like in your intro, <clears throat> excuse me, that you had a cold or something going on. And and what's funny is that, yeah, I'd, that was earlier this year. I had some allergies, that sort of thing. And my nose was all sniffly. I actually had to re-record. For some reason, when I say the word podcast, the first time I recorded it, uh, it said podcast because like, I was all just like stopped up and accidentally uploaded the wrong one, so I had to delete the episode. Anyway, none of this is important, but the whole thing back to the beginning, the reason that I said that was, and this episode's not available anymore, but the very first episode that I ever did was just me talking about the NBA Finals, which at the time, uh, back in 2017, was the Warriors and the Cavaliers for the second time, but it was the first time with Kevin Durant uh, being a part of the Golden State Warriors, and so I thought, well... What better way to come back with the NBA Finals matchup is set here in 2020 in this really, really weird year, this weird season? We have uh, the matchup that we wanted, but we wanted it like almost 10 years ago. We have the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, the reason I say we won almost 10 years ago, back when LeBron James, there's so many weaving storylines uh, to. This NBA Finals matchup, when LeBron James joined the Miami Heat back in the summer of 2010, the infamous decision and all that stuff, everyone just assumed, okay, well, the Heat are going to be the Eastern Conference team, and the Lakers uh, will come out of the West again, so we'll finally get LeBron versus Kobe in the Finals. That didn't end up happening. You know, the Heat made the Finals that year, but the Lakers, um, and, you know, they they kind of fell apart under you know it was just kind of a weird season for them they lost to the mad the mavericks excuse me who ended up being the eventual champion and those mavericks ended up beating the heat so not only did we not get lebron versus kobe we didn't even get lebron's He signed not won a championship yet so it wasn't until the next year you know the heat go and they beat the thunder um kevin durant in the thunder in the finals and so we thought at that point, because the Thunder had knocked the Lakers out of the playoffs and it seemed like the Lakers were done. But, oh, by the way, the following off season, you know, the Lakers brought in Steve Nash and Dwight, tr- traded for Dwight Howard. So, once again, we were like, okay, well, now the Heat are on top. The Lakers are finally, now they have a super team of their own. Like, on paper, I know Steve Nash was getting older, but, like, on paper, that starting five is Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant. Uh, you had Dwight Howard at center, Paul Gasol at – uh, power forward, and I believe at the time, I'm not sure if they still had no, they didn't. They didn't still have Lamar Odom, but either way, they had run our test, meta world peace, whatever, at the time. So, like, you could have, you know, you'd look at that starting five and just go, What? But it was a weird season. And I'm, I'm not trying to do like a full retrospective of the Lakers and the Heat, but how we got to this point is interesting because you know, LeBron spends four years in Miami. Uh, does his LeBron thing where he has all these, you know, meetings, business meetings, and, you know, like, there's this story, and you can do your own research on this, that when he was a free agent before he went back to Cleveland, he met with the Heat. But, like, the whole time he and his team were more concerned with a soccer game that was on TV than what Pat Riley was saying in this sort of weird um, – just kind of this weird scenario. And then the, some of those bridges were burned, and, you know – you know Pat Riley has gone on record, as, you know, saying that he when LeBron left, he felt like a dynasty was, you know, being thrown out the window and you know, he made I don't have the quote in front of me, but he made a comment about how the Heat were um he made this comment a couple of year a few years ago that you know the Heat were better off now that they didn't have a bunch of smiling faces with hidden agendas like some some real icy stuff between him and LeBron James and, and another thing that's ironic about Pat Riley and you know, this whole series and everything is him being an executive, the president with the heat is that there was a time that back in 2004, when the Lakers, uh, Kobe and Shaq fell apart, he had interviewed, he was going to meet with the Lakers about becoming their next head coach when Phil Jackson also left the team. He was going to step down from his executive position and go back to coaching and coach the Lakers, coach Kobe, uh, try to, try to get Kobe and Shaq to to get along. And then once he found out that like, Hey, the Lakers told him like, Hey, like we can't keep both of them. Like they're not gonna like, we're going to have to either trade Kobe or trade Shaq. Like there's no way that um, we can do both. And the Lakers at the time were more loyal to Kobe. Like we want to try to keep Kobe first and foremost. We feel like that's the better move for us long term and even in the short term. So Pat Riley just said, How about give him to me? I'll send you whoever. Uh, we could use him here in Miami. That keeps him out of the West, so you don't have to compete against him, you know, a few times a year. And so Pat Riley goes from being potential coach of the Lakers again, as he was in the eighties. It's another reason this is all interest, interesting. And so he ended up with Shaq. And so like, there's so many different weaving things, but when you go to the present day, you know, both of these teams, you know, the Lakers, we expected to be here uh, the whole time. You know, there was when the season started, it was basically okay. The West is going to be the Lakers and the Clippers and whoever wins that series In the Western Conference Finals, that's or wherever they end up playing, that team's going to be the NBA champion. You know, and that still may end up being the case. It still may end up being the Lakers. They may, you know, win in four games, in this series not be much of anything. But the interesting part, among many things, is that like we didn't expect. um, I'm going to do this a few times during this episode. There, nobody likes the guy that says. Hey, I was right about this. And nobody really likes the person that says, Hey, I was right about this. um, Even though you didn't know about it. It's one thing for people to like go on TV or on YouTube or wherever on a podcast or wherever they do this sort of content and say, here's what I think is going to happen. And then when that happens, Hey, I told you so. What I'm going to do is especially annoying because these are things that I said amongst uh, my friends, some of the next few things I'm going to, say about the NBA and this whole season and everything. And it's going to come off as obnoxious because you didn't hear it. Even if I said it on this podcast, you didn't hear it because, you know, we are still working on building up, you know, the amount of listeners and everything. But, um, so when the playoffs started, this weird COVID season, you know, do the whole NBA bubble and everything. And, and you know, we go through, and here's some of the following things that I said to my friend group that ended up coming to fruition. I said, the Suns are going to look good. Devin Booker is going to show out. The Suns are going to look good. Well, Devin Booker became a superstar for the Suns in that little shortened you know, window that they had. They went 8-0 and they ended up finishing tied for the eighth playoff spot. The tiebreaker, or tied for, they were like one game out, excuse me. I I was confusing the Blazers and the Grizzlies and all that, but um, they won the games they needed to win. They literally didn't lose in the bubble, but yeah, just finished just outside. But it was good to see them become superstars. And, (coughs) excuse me, I said from the moment last summer that Kawhi Leonard, went to the clippers that sorry i'm adjusting my mic a little bit um i kept saying to people i feel sorry for people that think that the clippers are going to win a championship because you're not so many things have to go perfectly for this collection of people to do well like when you have players that like like for example like the lakers didn't make the playoffs last year. But if you look at their roster, it's full of guys, aside from Anthony Davis, and even he has playoff experience. It's filled with people that have been there before. LeBron James, Rajon Rondo, Danny Green, uh, Dwight Howard, um, JaVale McGee. Like, all these people, you know, most of the players on the roster, aside from, like, Kyle Kuzma, have playoff experience and have that, if you want to call it pedigree or whatever. The Clippers... Yes, Kawhi Leonard, two-time champion. Paul George, playoff experience. Doc Rivers, champion as a coach. But if you examine those pieces, you look at, okay, well, Kawhi Leonard, when he was in San Antonio, and this is going to sound like me being a hater, but I'm just telling you what I see when I see Kawhi Leonard. When Kawhi was in San Antonio, he... Had three Hall of Famers, literally, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, that were on the court the same time as he was. So he was the fourth option. He could kind of freelance and do whatever. Okay, well, we're going to put LeBron on uh, Ginobili. Okay, well, that frees Kawhi up for jump shots. We're going to have Kawhi defend LeBron because he's fresh on offense because he's not having to exert as much effort because he has three Hall of Famers dominating the ball. Like he had all, and one of the best coaches, Greg Popovich of all time. Although, Greg Popovich, he's noticing the NBA is a bit harder to coach when you don't have three Hall of Famers starting in your starting lineup. So that happens. Kawhi gets hurt. He just takes time off. He does this whole load management thing that's become famous now in the NBA, like people resting all the time. It's funny how he still doesn't have energy in the playoffs when he's resting the whole season. But, so he does that in San Antonio. It's really awkward. It's a messy breakup. He goes to Toronto, the Raptors, for one season. Uh, yes, they win the championship. Also, in the finals, they needed six games and a really tight game six. They almost went to game seven to beat a team that didn't have Kevin Durant and that didn't have Klay Thompson. Like, it's amazing how many things need to go Kawhi's way for him to succeed. You look at Paul George, and, and Paul George has gotten you know hated on supremely lately. I'm not trying to pile on, but whenever I see Paul George, I don't see... Because it's so easy for people to go, well, this is a guy that chokes or doesn't come up big. You know, It's important to note that in Game 7, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard against the Nuggets did not score in the fourth quarter. So you can call that choking, but specifically with Paul George, I don't see someone that... Is a quote unquote choker. I just see two things. Somebody that is. I mean, actually, let me combine this into one thing. I, especially in 2020, tend to look more when someone struggles at anything, in any work of art or whatever. What is their mental health like? What is their emotional health like? Because, and I don't mean to make this about me. But when I play pickup basketball with my friends, I notice that when my brain is not working as much, when I'm able to shut that off and just play and do what comes instinctively, naturally, naturally, that's terrible word, play, that I play a lot better. You know, a few weeks ago, I had, when we played pickup ball, I, I shot the ball really well, barely missed because I was just in a zone and I was just... I wasn't thinking about anything going on. I wasn't thinking about, oh, we need to win this, and what's my... And I'm not saying Paul George is doing this, but I do wonder sometimes how much of the stuff that piles on him, does he go, okay, well, you know, I really need to overexert. There's a a story, and everyone knows that I love Kobe Bryant, but usually in the NBA, I know I'm kind of all over the place here, but usually in the NBA... When you have the two best players on the floor, which the Lakers always had with Kobe and Shaq, you usually win. But the reason that they lost to the Pistons in 2004 was, one, because the Pistons played incredible defense and they played team basketball. And one of the things, according to the legend, is that Kobe decided... Going into that series in the finals that like this is going to be mine and Shaq's last, you know, hurrah together. Shaq always wins finals MVP when we win the championship. I want one of those. I want to prove that like I'm not Robin. I'm not the sidekick to Shaq. It's the other way. I'm the alpha. I'm the leader. I'm the best player on the planet, which he was, by the way. So to the team's detriment and to all of that, he shot way too much. And I know that's kind of the thing with Kobe that, like, you know, we always labeled him as selfish or whatever. But specifically that series, if you go back and watch each game, he's just launching, 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 because he just wanted to win finals MVP. And, oh, by the way, they lost to the Pistons in five games. Um, The best player on the Pistons was, you could make the argument that it was Rasheed Wallace, but it was probably Chauncey Billups at that time. Like that's absurd when you think about it. Kobe, Shaq, Carl Malone, Gary Payton on one side, losing to Chauncey Billups. Like that's absurd, but it's because Kobe was taking so many shots. And I I wonder with Paul George, you can tell that he has moments where he's like, you know, I should take over and dominate here. I need to prove myself. And then you can tell that he has other moments where he goes, nah, Kawhi's the best better player. Let me just defer to him. I don't want to do this. Um, I've heard Paul George be referred to as mentally weak. I I hesitate to say that because I, again, am not in his head. I don't know what the strength of his brain is. Like, that's something that's hard to measure, and I'm not qualified to do that, but I do wonder if that plays into it. I'm not saying that it plays into it. I wonder if there is sort of just a weak, like, whatever. And, and the reason that that shows itself with Paul George is because he does... he. According to the reports, he gives a speech to the locker room after the game, like, hey, like, uh, we're gonna be back next year. Let's all let's all come back. Let's run it back. And it's like, why the why the bleep are you talking when you just literally did nothing in the fourth quarter of a game where we needed you? We traded all of these draft picks for you. We were trying to win a championship this year, and you just laid an egg. And he's also said to that point. Hey, this year wasn't about championship or bust. Like, it wasn't about all that. And it's like, yeah, it was. Like, because the Clippers literally don't have a first round draft pick until 2027 because they wanted you and Kawhi to come win a championship. They, they were tired of being the little brother in LA. Like, we want to be what we want to have what the Lakers have. We want one of those championship rings. And guess what? The Lakers are in the finals. You're not. And last thing about the Clippers, because. Whatever, but like, as at the time I'm recording this, Doc Rivers, their head coach, I don't want to say he got fired, but he left the team yesterday. It was a quote unquote mutual decision. Doc Rivers, I'll be harder on Doc Rivers than I was the other two guys. Doc Rivers is a front runner. Like, you talk about guys that need everything to go their way to look good. Like, he was a mediocre coach with the Magic. He lands uh, with Boston, who was a mediocre. Way below average team with a superstar in Paul and Paul Pierce, and he underperforms. Like, so let me say this like, so they they get the big three, the original big three, the you know, the Kevin Garnett, uh, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen 2007. So that season, this seven eight season, they win the championship, they beat ironically the Lakers in the finals, and that. Every year after that, that Celtics team underperformed. You know, I know they made it back to the finals two years later. They had a 3-2 lead. Something about Doc Rivers coach teams and having these leads. They don't really close out very well. So, they lose there. And then every year after that, they underperform. Like, you know, I know that they had the 3-2 lead on the Heat a couple years after that. They blew that as well. Because LeBron took over for the Heat. You know, the Celtics underperform. Doc Rivers goes to the Clippers and then like they always wind up in these same positions where they're they're always they're winning just enough to keep things exactly the same. They had that lead on the Rockets a few years ago. They're about to go. The matchup everyone in the world wanted in the Western Conference Finals was Clippers Warriors. That was the biggest rivalry in the NBA at the time. The Clippers have a 3-2 lead at home against the Rockets and, like, a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter. Like, there's no way. Like, the Clippers are going to the conference finals to play the Warriors. They choke that lead. The Rockets go, like, on a crazy run. Close out that game. The Rockets win game seven. Rockets-Warriors. If I'm not mistaken, the Warriors swept that series after that. I can't remember for sure. But Doc Rivers is, like, a front runner. Like, he's not – when have you ever seen a Doc Rivers coached team make a coaching adjustment? in the middle of a game. When have you ever seen, okay, things aren't going well in the fourth quarter. Let's try something different. No, let's give the ball to Kawhi. Give the ball to Paul George. Let's just figure it out. Like, there's no, you have a bunch of guys that have like never been there before. Like, you know, Patrick Beverly does all this talking. He runs around and just fouls people. He's never been better than an eight seed in this one year where they had all these expectations. They do absolutely nothing with them. Have a 3-1 lead on the Nuggets. They blow it. He's out as coach. Like, I think if Doc Rivers went and coached, um, I don't know where he would go, but like, he's not like you, you're going to come to find that if Doc Rivers is your coach, you're going to be an average team at best. If you don't have some superstars, like if he goes to like the Cavaliers or somewhere like that, like they're going to continue to have 20 win seasons. Like he's not a difference maker as a coach, but I want to come all the way back Uh, Let's get back focused here. I want to come all the way back to this Lakers Heat Finals because speaking of someone that people said, well, he's a front runner and he's a bit of a problem, Jimmy Butler of the Miami Heat, and I was guilty of this a few years ago when he was still in Chicago, like, and he transitioned over to Minnesota, and apparently he was having problems with teammates there. And in hindsight, you can look at it and go, oh, I get it now, Uh, Jimmy Butler is a bit, Uh, misunderstood he just wants like kind of like the Kobe thing like he just wants the best out of his teammates so he had issues with players in Chicago but they still uh, made the playoffs and were competitive in those playoffs when he was on the team he goes to Minnesota leads them to a playoff you know their first playoff appearance in forever Uh, beefs with Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins gets traded uh, to the 76ers you know Depending on who you listen to, he had beef with teammates there. Not all of his former teammates say, "No, there wasn't none there." Like Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, was like, "No, we were cool. With, we're cool with Jimmy. We're still cool with Jimmy." And then so he ends up signing with the Heat this offseason. And I remember thinking, and this is kind of getting back to, "Hey, like, um, you know, that hindsight thing." But it's like I'm telling you, "Hey, I told you so." Even though you didn't know about it when Jimmy Butler, I remember the day that he signed with Miami, I'm like, Oh, like he must think that I'm not saying he was right or wrong. Obviously he was right. But like, he must think he must believe that they're like, he's, he must believe that he's the missing piece there in Miami. Like he has to believe that like he can lead them because he's been well documented as like, Hey, like I want to win a championship. Like he could have stayed in Philly with that roster and, Going into the season, whose roster is better? Everyone would have told you, Philly. But I remember listening or, yeah, listening and, and hearing on the radio that, like, hey, uh, yes, I'm still an old person, still so listen to radio, specifically Miami Sports Radio, which is ironic given all this. But I thought, oh, he must feel like he's the missing piece. And when Tyler Hero got drafted by the Heat, uh, my good buddy Nathan Wampler can attest to this. I remember texting him and saying that's a good pick for the Heat, they're gonna love him because he fits that culture so well. All these John Calipari guys that do nothing at Kentucky but then go on to dominate in the NBA because Calipari's you know a talent scout and not a coach, but it's a different episode for a different time. Um, and so. You know, Bam Adebayo, who had been on the upward trajectory, uh, has now blossomed into a superstar, was an all star this year, and, you know, had the best game of his life in the game, in game six just now, where they needed it the most against Boston. Um, Since I'm on, like, the mode of hating people, hating on people, I just want to say Boston has won one championship, and it was the one that I mentioned earlier in my lifetime. The majority of their championships came at a time where there were only eight teams in the NBA. And there was no such thing as like salary cap and all that stuff. So you could just. Anyway. Um, Since then, Janet Jackson might ask, What have you done for me lately? Yeah, they, you know, won a a few in the 80s, but guess who won more? The Lakers. And guess who beat them more times head to head? The Lakers. So it is what it is, but. The Lakers Heat NBA Finals. Each of these teams are, uh, they've each uh, gone 12 and 3 in the playoffs up to this point. You know, the Lakers 4 1, 4 1, 4 1. And then the Heat, you know, swept the first round, uh, beat the overwhelming favorite Milwaukee Bucks in five games in the second round, and then beat the Celtics uh, in six games most recently to get here. And <clears throat> I want to wind down this NBA talk. Because I've been all over the place. It was supposed to just be about the finals. I think I spent more time on the Clippers than on the finals matchup. But there's a million, there are a million uh, intricacies that you can look for. Um, so many different storylines with the Heat and the Lakers. And I was saying earlier, the Lakers have, conceivably, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. They might not just be the best two players on the floor. They might be the best two players in the NBA, even LeBron at his age at this point. But the Heat have, you know, it, it's been commonly said, I've heard, if Jimmy Butler is your third best player, you might be a championship team. And this whole season, he's been their best player. Now, Tyler Hero has emerged in the playoffs. And had that 37-point game a few games ago. Bam Adebayo just had the best game of his life, but has been consistently playing well it's almost like on the fly, the heat are transitioning to let's make Jimmy our second or third option. Like we know he can take over if he wants to, but he doesn't need to have that burden on him. Like we need him. Sometimes we need him more defensively. He may need to pick up LeBron or whoever on the Lakers so we can free up Bam and Tyler hero to be fresh on offense. Like there's a million things like that play into this. And so we're seeing some of that. And so, I typically don't enjoy prediction uh, radio or prediction content, uh, but it would be good if I did this on the front end because, you know, I was asked when the playoffs started by my friend Ryan, who's in the finals this year. I said Lakers Heat, half-jokingly, not thinking, like a lot of people thinking like, you know, I was wishful thinking with the Heat that they would make it there because I wanted that storyline. But, you know, here we are. And so I'm going to go out. I'm going to go ahead and predict, um, not game by game, but I want to say that the NBA Finals, in my opinion, I believe uh, will be a six-game series, and that series will be won by the Miami Heat. I'm, I'm going out there. I don't know that a lot of people... Um, for those of you that are into uh, gambling, I know the Lakers are going at minus 400 right now, but the Heat are taking a lot of you know, early bets because why not when you know, the spread is that big and if the Heat can pull the upset, then you, you might be in some money there. So that's not why I'm doing it. I don't care about that. I just um, I believe that that's going to happen. That's going to push LeBron to 3-7 and seven in the finals, and then we're going to have a million more conversations about why and we're gonna weigh the amount of times failing versus the amount of times actually getting there uh, which is always an interesting dynamic And so you know we're gonna see how that goes and uh, I don't really have a smooth transition I want to uh, go to a different topic and that's one of the things along with the new intro that there will be breaks in the middle of the podcast and little transitional sounds but this is the last episode that I'll be doing under this sort of format will be shifting to some different things here pretty soon but um yeah so I mentioned at the top of the show I made a joke about how I could just be lazy like Nintendo and not do anything for a while and then just re-release the same thing and call it something new and uh so my thing with that is I am a big fan I just bought that new uh Super Mario 3D All-Stars for the Switch a week or two ago whenever it was and Enjoy it because uh, Mario Galaxy is my favorite video game of all time. It's it's tied with the first Splinter Cell game is my favorite game of all time. Uh, and so I've enjoyed playing through it again. And then as a bonus, you get to have, because I'd have paid 60 just for Galaxy again, just to play on the Switch. But like, and that's part of the problem. I'll get to that in a second. But, you know, to have Mario 64, one of the most, you know, influential games of all time. And... Mario Sunshine, a game that I've played for all of maybe like an hour or two of my whole life to get to get a chance to go through that. it will be fun. But, you know, I wanna I have a list here. Um, and forgive me. I'm gonna try to sit up in this chair. I've been having really bad back issues lately, so this might be a little bit painful. But it wasn't too bad <clears throat> as I struggle to breathe. Um so the first game, the first Mario game released on the Switch. Uh, and I understand this was, I I don't want to spend too much time on these, but like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, uh, which is cool, but it's a game, Mario Kart 8 was released in 2014 on the Wii U. They just re-released it on the Switch, added characters, whatever, everything's unlocked, great. New system, hey, let's put our, one of our most recognizable franchises on the Switch, which is fine. And everyone, it's one of the best selling, you know, Switch games of all time, one of the best selling games of all time, but like, it's frustrating because that sets a tone for Nintendo going, hey, well, we can just re-release this old stuff, charge full price for it, and people will still buy it. We can just kind of market it as a new thing for a new system, but that saves us from having to, like, do anything, and we can just make money to continue to not do anything. So that's the trend. Is like, so the next Mario game after that is that Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, which is like a role-playing Turn-based RPG. It's a collaboration with like Rayman characters. I don't like. I don't care about that. I'm just gonna move on from that. Like t- technically, that's a new game, but it's like it's not a Mar- it's not like a Mario game in the way that you think of Mario. You know. So the next one after that was Mario Odyssey, which is one of my favorite games of all time. Brand new. Um, it had been seven years it was Mario Galaxy two, all the way back on the Wii it had come out. I believe it was 2010, or maybe it was even 2009. So it had been a while. Uh, between new uh, mainline Mario games, Odyssey. is so much fun. I highly recommend it to anyone that's never played it. Um, Even if you have played it, play it again. Uh, Next, Mario Tennis Aces. So We're continuing the Mario Tennis franchise. Super Mario Party after that, 2018. Super Smash Bros., so we're getting a lot of sequels to existing IPs. And then, this is the one that um, both irritates me the most, and also proves how much of a hypocrite I am, because next we have New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. came out in 2019. Now, why does that make you mad? Well, New Super Mario Bros. originally released on the DS in 2006. Then, then, so first of all, it's 14 years ago. Then, in 2009, they've re-released it, but for the Wii, because it's like, oh, okay, well, first of all, the Wii came out in 2006. So, why did it take three years to port, this game. I don't understand. But that bright red box was great and cool. And I bought it. And so, again, this is continuing. Now, I didn't have a Wii U. But in 2012, they released the same game, but for the Wii U. And I'm not joking when I say they released the same game. I'm, it's, it's not like... Whatever. Anyway. In 2013, they released the Luigi version of the game. Which is basically... The same levels, but like with a hundred second time limit and they're like speed run levels, which is cool. It's fun. And then Deluxe here in 2019 combines like the original game for the Wii, or I guess remastered for the Wii with the Luigi levels and all that. And it's great. You charge the full sixty dollars for it and guess I mean, I bought it. I didn't pay sixty, I paid forty. But I bought it. I'm contributing to this problematic behavior that Nintendo has. So we keep moving forward. Super Mario Maker 2, another game that I have. And I love the Mario Maker franchise. I think it's one of the coolest ideas ever. But that's basically Nintendo going, we've made these games before. It's your turn. Like they're literally making you make their games now. After that, Luigi's Mansion 3, Luigi's Mansion series is fun. Um, I don't really have much to say about it, it's, you know, it's fun, Uh, the only, so Luigi's Mansion, the original one, was a launch title for the GameCube, 19 years ago, Luigi's Mansion 2 came out on a handheld system, so basically this is the first, like, mainline sequel to Luigi's Mansion, it took 19 years, so. Mario plus Sonic at the Tokyo Olympics was the next one. That's been a series that they've done for a while. It's been cool to see Mario and Sonic team up in any form. And so they do, they've do. they done this Olympic series for a while now. Uh, getting to 2020, Paper Mario, the Origami King. That's a game that I'll play here soon. I still haven't gotten around to it. Um, but that's, you know, I love the Paper Mario series. I had the original for N64. And so there's that. But then we get to, most recently, Super Mario 3D All-Stars. I already mentioned that. Uh, Super Mario Brothers 35 comes out this um, this Friday uh, as I'm recording this and it's basically like a battle royal in like old school Mario form, which is cool. I'll hold out an opinion on that. It's at least like a new idea even though this whole battle royale phase has been going on for three or four years now. Uh, and then next February up for pre-order is um, good gosh is um, Super Mario 3D world. Uh, which is a game that has been also that originally came out in 2013. Uh, so there's that. And it has, we don't have any details on this, but it also comes with uh, something called Bowser's Fury, which I'm not sure if that's going to be some levels where you get to play as Bowser or an entire, you know, add on game where you get to play as Bowser. I don't really know what the deal is there, but that's coming out February of 2021. So y- yet again, though it's being I know Bowser's Fury might be something cool but it's like it's yet another not new game being advertised as a new game and it's just like this is something that Nintendo does all the time and it like it drives me insane yet guess what I'll be doing in February I'll probably be buying that because I want to see how it is I want to play it like I enjoy that's the thing though it's like these are fun games, at least with the mainline Mario games. Like when you go from like 64 to Sunshine to Galaxy, Galaxy 2, and then Odyssey. You're at least getting, with the exception of Galaxy to Galaxy 2, for the most part, you're getting like all new like gameplay, all new ideas. And so they're different enough to where you feel like, well, I got to have these. Like that's why I don't regret spending 60 for sure on the 3D All-Stars and having Odyssey And all that is because, okay, now I've got all the the 3D games. And they're all so different that I can always kind of go back to them and enjoy them. And I don't feel like I'm just playing the same game over and over again. But, like, specifically, like, on these 3D All-Stars and on these new Super Mario Brothers games. That's the name of them. New Super Mario Brothers. Is they're not they're so like the new super Mario brothers is like, it's the same game for the last, literally the last 14 years since 2006, 3d world since 2013, the last seven years. It's like, there's no for as creative and fun as Nintendo can be at its very best. It's so overwhelmingly lazy at its very worst. And it's why like I use Mario as the face of this is because Mario is the face of Nintendo when you think of playing Nintendo games and having fun playing video games, you typically think of Mario. When I I spent the majority of playing Mario Odyssey with a smile on my face, enjoying the hell out of it. I same thing with Galaxy, playing through it again. I just love the creativity. I love that game. Going back to 64 always brings me joy. I'm looking forward to playing Sunshine again. Like it's fun, but it's like maybe Maybe it's a problem that I always need something new. Maybe that's a personality flaw. You know, and I'm sure it is for me. But I would like, when I'm investing this money, spending this money, it's not an investment, I'm spending this money. I would like, like, something new. Like, why do I keep paying, literally keep paying for the exact same thing over and over again? But the only way to stop it is to not do it, like, to not pay for it, but yet, You want to play it, so you pay for it. It's like people complain all the time about, and I've not picked one up in a while, so I'm just kind of taking recklessly other people's opinions here. But like, I hear people all the time complain, oh, Call of Duty and all these different games, like they're just the same game, Madden, you know? People criticize Madden football games all the time. They're just re releasing the same games. Worst versions of the same games with new rosters and more glitches and more bugs. And then when you buy the game on day one, you got to do an update because the game's actually not ready yet. Yet, what are the best-selling games every year? Call of Duty and Madden. Every. Single. Year. Without fail. So, it's not just Nintendo. Every video game, as a whole, video game fans are notoriously bad for this behavior. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but as long as Nintendo keeps doing it, and that's the other thing Nintendo does, is like, they, with everything, I remember going back to the Wii, like, they specifically don't make enough of something so that it creates a high demand for it, so that they can say, hey, like these things are in demand, and it makes it look like they sell out of things so quick because, hey, we sell out of stuff, and it's like, you're just manipulating like eventually, eventually this is my prediction, eventually you're going to see Nintendo stock drop. You're going to see Nintendo products start selling less, although they are doing that updated version of the Switch next year. But if they keep doing this, I, I think video game fans, as we are getting older, are getting a little bit smarter in that, hey, like, I don't have to... It's why GameStop started struggling. I did an episode on them. It's actually... You can go back and listen to it. It's actually... I re-released it recently, so it should be pretty near the top of the list. But one of the reasons GameStop struggles is because people realize they don't need to pre-order stuff anymore. Like, there's no benefit to pre-ordering. And it's manipulative to always do this digital stuff because when you're doing digital stuff, when everything's on the internet... They can, they're can, games that are literally unplayable that people have spent money on because the developer took them down or took them off the server so you can't touch them anymore. You'll see PlayStation 4s and Xbox Ones or PlayStation 4s, excuse me, going for big prices on eBay that have the original PT uh, Silent Hills uh, demo on the system because you can't go on and access that demo anymore. But yet if you had it downloaded to your system... Like, it's yours. You you got it. You can still access it. You'll see those PlayStations going for big money because it's just, like, it's crazy. That, like, you're actually paying for content sometimes that you can't even use forever. You know, Mario doing this limited release. They did it, you know, at the place I work at. We only got a few copies the day that 3D All-Stars came out. They came with those. Uh, there's some pre-order bonuses that came with it as well. Or not pre-order, but, like, when you buy it, you get this little thing with it. I don't want to say what it was. I don't want to... Anyway, so sold out of those quick. The promo items got gone quick. They sent more of those than they did copies of the game initially. And then I was in there yesterday, about 100 copies of the game. Because they did that artificial demand thing where it's like, hey, we want to drive up these numbers and show that, like, hey, we're selling out of these, and then then we'll make it available. Um, the thing with that Mario Brothers 35... Is that it's only playable till I believe it's the end of March of 2021. This physical copy of 3D All Stars is only available for the same amount of time. And then, what I'm assuming that they're gonna do with 3D All Stars, I don't know about the 35 thing, but with 3D All Stars, they're gonna go, they're gonna do these games digitally 64, Sunshine, Galaxy, and probably Galaxy 2, I'm sure at some point will be available on the eShop, but they're gonna charge full price for those individually. Maybe not full price, maybe like $40 or so each, but still, it's still going to have made sense for you to buy the physical copy or download the digital uh, so that way well, you've got them forever. But, and that's the other thing, and I love physical copies of games. Um, I like just having, with anything, I like having a physical copy. Like, I own it. Like, I have like my favorite movies, my favorite games, my favorite CDs still. Uh, every Linkin Park album, I have the physical copy of it. And I'm gonna get that uh, 20th anniversary hybrid theory uh, vinyl set too because I want to have these things physically so like I can have them and cherish them. Yes, I can go on Apple Music or whatever anytime and listen to these albums, but I like being able to actually, for as long as I'm on this earth, I can have the CD. I can put it in my CD player in my car or wherever and jam to it. So sorry I hit the mic there on accident, but um, let's um. Let's calm down. Let's wind down here because you know, this podcast went a little bit longer than uh, it lasted longer than I usually last. and I'll just I'll leave that there for anyone who wants to take debate on that joke. But you know, it was important to me that I get back with topics that I felt comfortable discussing because a lot of times when you when you don't do this for a while, you don't get on the microphone for a while. and by the way, uh, go listen to Buy Pinfall Only, my my wrestling podcast with my good friend Alex Osborne. We don't just talk about wrestling though. That's that's the that's the hook. But there's also you know more beat on that more meat on that bone. We talk about other topics as well. So it's also available. If you're listening to this, then you can go whatever browser you're in or whatever, you can go type in buy pinfall only, click on the dope logo that Nathan Wampler designed and listen to the podcast. So We're going to wind down here. Uh, It's been good to get on the microphone and release my thoughts, release my feelings. And um, I've appreciated having whoever's out there listening, appreciated having you as an audience. I'll be back to doing weekly episodes. Again, new intro, some new content next week. Stay tuned to social media at That's Nate Cox on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook, The Nate Show, um, all that stuff. At That's Nate Cox 2 on Twitter. That's the number two uh, naturally. And, uh, yeah. So follow along there and some, uh, cool and exciting things in the works that I'm, I'm cooking up for you. But, um, I hope to have you back next time, but if not, I get it.